Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to another Healing Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. My name is Loren Gailey, and today we're talking about the science of sound healing. Just like my website, AcousticHealth.com, I believe and I know that music helps us. And my guest today says music helps heal us. You know, when we're sad, we can literally listen to music and feel our soul, our hearts uplifted. That's positive music. So we're going to have a great conversation today with my guest. And we're also celebrating World Sound Healing Day, which happens tomorrow, February 14th. Now, this event of World Sound Healing Day is sending a sonic valentine to Mother Earth for planetary peace. My guest today is the director of Sound Healers Association and the creator and organizer of the World Sound Healing Day. He's the author of Healing Sounds and many, many books, including The Lost Chord and Tantra of Sound, to name a few. He's also the creator of Chakra Chants, and he's the president of the award-winning and nationally acclaimed Spirit Music. Please welcome Jonathan Goldman. He is the authority on sound healing, and he's a pioneer in the field of harmonics. Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you so much for being here today. Lauren, it's such a great pleasure to uh, be here talking to you. Thank you for having me. Well, we're going to hear some of your music and some of the three decades of work that you've done. You know, it's amazing. You're a you're a sound healer. You're an author. You're a musician, you're a teacher, I don't know how you find time to do all of it, but obviously this is your life's work, your purpose for being here on the planet at this time. Uh, I can't argue that. I I, I literally, um, many, 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 talking about close to 30 years ago, I remember going to see a wonderful transmedium psychic that uh, I used to work with, and at the time she said, you're one of the few people on the planet who knows their purpose. And I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. I I don't think it's uh, true anymore. I think a whole lot more people really are aware of their purpose, but at the time, I, I certainly was aware 30 years ago that I was supposed to help bring in education and awareness of how sound can be used to heal and transform. So tell us a little bit about this. How does sound from a basic beginning level, tell us how sound begins to heal. Let's start with just the concept of sound as a phenomenon. Okay, sound is an energy form. It travels as a wave form. And these waves are measured in cycles per second. How slow or fast these waves uh, go are called its frequency. So a very, very slow-moving wave, let's say a wave that's going at 100 cycles a second, would create a very, very deep, deep sound. And let's say a wave that's going at 500 cycles a second or 1,000 might create a really high sound like this. So the faster the sound, the higher it is. The slower the sound, the deeper and the lower it is. 
anywhere from around 16 of these cycles per second to around 16,000. But Lauren, I'm going to ask you and I'm going to ask your audience today to perceive of sound as not only that which falls within our very, very small audible bandwidth, in other words, that which we can hear, but that sound, as the ancient mystics and our modern physicists are now saying, encompasses everything. Our finny friends in the ocean, the dolphins, can project and receive sound upwards of 180,000 cycles a second. That's more than 10 times our highest level of hearing. To us, there's nothing going on, but perhaps tunas are, you know, exploring different uh, routes through the Bering Strait, different recipes for tuna cuisine, or perhaps the great secrets that are happening on the uh, star system of Sirius. I don't know, but in other words, sound is much, much greater than that which we can hear. In fact, our modern physicists are in agreement with our ancient mystics that everything is in a state of vibration, from the electrons moving around the nucleus of an atom to planets in distant galaxies moving around their own suns. Everything is in a state of vibration. If it's in a state of vibration, it can be perceived of as being a sound. Now, this includes our body. Every organ, every bone, every tissue, every part of our body is in a state of vibration. And indeed, when we are in a state of harmony and health, we say we're in sound health. How are you feeling? I'm in sound health. But what happens if, using this metaphor of the body being like this orchestra that's playing this overall symphony of the self, what happens if the second violin player loses their sheet music? They begin to play out of tune, out of harmony. Pretty soon, not only is the string player playing out of tune, but he's influencing the entire orchestra. And pretty soon, uh, literally, it is akin to a part of our body vibrating out of ease or out of harmony. And if something is vibrating out of ease or out of harmony, we say it is diseased. Now, Lauren, the very basic principle of using sound for healing is simply this. What if it were possible to somehow give back our string player their sheet music and get them to play back in tune with the orchestra? What if we could somehow project the correct resonant frequency to that part of the body that was vibrating out of ease or out of harmony? And this basically is the very, very basic principle of using sound as a healing modality. Makes sense, doesn't it? It makes perfect sense because when we just simply listen to music, we can feel that shift. So now let's talk about the music that you've done. And I, I do want to just take a few moments and tell everyone about your many accolades that you've received. You have overtone. You're a master chanter. And your overtone chanting is heard on Kataro's 2001 Grammy Award-winning album. You've released many musical pieces, which I hope you're going to play for us here soon. One is Chakra Chants, Chakra Chants, which won the 1999 Visionary Awards for the Best Healing Meditation Album, as well as Album of the Year. And you have a highly acclaimed album, The Lost Chord and the Divine Name, which that was co-created with Greg Braden. And your Chakra Dance also won the Visionary Awards. 
You've even collaborated with Tibetan chant master Lama Tashi in Tibetan Master Chants, and that was nominated for a 2006 Grammy Award for Best Traditional World Music. How do you make this bridge then with science and our literal world of music? What a brilliant question, and it's a probably not one I have been asked. Um, because many people think of me as being very, very left-brained and scientific. Uh, in reality, I think I'm extremely right-brained and, um, I don't want to say spiritual, but uh, operating off of very, very deep, intuitive levels. So because of that, even though I have a you know, a fair amount of, uh, of the science of sound, whether I'm talking about frequencies or I've studied with various master scientists, master doctors who uh, have pioneered the field of sound, most of my um, work with sound, whether it's writing or recording or teaching, comes initially from those really deep, intuitive inner places that occur in meditation or oftentimes even in sleep. So I'll be, if you like, I'll wake up from a dream and wake up in the middle of the night and sort of write something down or even go down into my recording studio and start doing something. It's almost as though there is a spiritual impetus for all the things that I do. So oftentimes people will make suggestions to me. Why don't you do an album on this or why don't you do an album on that? And I'll simply say, if I am guided to do so, that's a great idea. But if I don't do it, somebody else will do it and that's wonderful. So I have to learn, if you like, really uh, feel as though I'm being directed from another realm of consciousness and that whatever I'm doing is, is really of highest benefit to the planet. Let's give a listen to one of my favorite pieces of music, and this is from Chakra Chance 2, which is one of the few follow-up albums I ever did, and I simply did this to actually embody and incorporate more divine female energy than the first, which is wonderful and got wonderful divine female energy. But this one in particular features my wife Andy playing harp, and my dear, dear, beloved teacher, mentor friend Sarah Benson, who is now operating off of the angelic realms, doing this wonderful Toning, and this is uh, called actually uh, angelic calling, and it is, uh, the, if you like, my perception of the sound of the crown chakra, which is that transcendent point that uh, at the top of the head that uh, works with uh, just you know many many uh, different levels of higher consciousness. So here we have different mantras, different tones, different vowel sounds, all sorts of different, if you like, uh, sonic phenomena particularly coupled with the intention that this particular recording from Chakra Chance 2 will resonate at the Crown Center. So should we give a listen to that for a moment?
so that was uh, from a chakra chance too. It's it's very pretty, isn't it? It's absolutely beautiful. You know, it's almost as if you can feel a swirling, and it's almost as if it's taking us to another dimension of consciousness. Thank you. I uh, I, I'd like to agree with that one. Uh, It's one of you know, it's one one of my more favorite pieces. I have a whole lot of favorite pieces, and I appreciate the fact that a lot of people have. uh, positive uh, response from these different uh, recordings. You mentioned earlier that science is really agreeing with the ancient mystics. The mystic arts told us that everything is a vibration and that there were modalities, methods of using sounds to heal ourselves. You're saying that with your work that you're doing, that your music that you're doing, that we can actually change ourselves and our DNA. I'm going to backtrack to when I was talking about my first little thing about how sound can heal and that uh, the idea is to restore the correct resonant frequency to that part of the body which is vibrating out of ease or out of harmony, much akin to giving that sheet player, sheet music uh, back to the uh, string player. And basically, what I'd like to say is that while I have a probably over two dozen different uh, CDs, most of them best-selling award winners, and I'm very, very proud of them, and I also have great, wonderful uh, sonic tools, including Tibetan bowls, crystal bowls, didgeridoos, this and that, and a lot of fabulous scientific instrumentation that actually cor- uh, projects the correct resonant frequency into the body, the brain, the etheric fields, as well as tuning for of different frequencies, intervals, and ratios with all these wonderful toys. And, you know, we humans like toys, so I have nothing against these sonic toys, but we have within ourselves the most extraordinary instrument for sound healing. It doesn't require electricity, doesn't need batteries. The owner's manual is relatively easy to use, and it's free. And that, of course, is our voice. Now, people who are listening to this may go, well, how can I use my voice? I can't even carry a tune in a bucket. And I say, I am not now talking about getting up in front of an audience and singing Strangers in the Night or the Star Spangled Banner or something like that. That's performance art, and that's great, but that's entertainment. Here I am talking about using your voice, singing, for the most part, elongated or tones. You actually call it toning, and you go, mm, what Sarah, for example, was doing the last one where she was going, singing these wonderful different things, but they didn't have words. They were just these tones. And these tones can actually change and shift our frequency. So we're, and we're not talking about using sound for entertainment. We're using sound for entrainment, which is using sound for the ability of shifting and changing our vibrational level. And this can mean everything. And this is, Lauren, this is very, very interesting. Self-created sounds such as that ah sound that we're going to be uh, doing on uh, World Sound Healing Day. Self-created sounds, particularly the vowel sounds, have all sorts of different abilities, including affecting our uh, heart rate, our respiration, our brain waves, and usually really creates very, very deep oxygenation and slowing down our 
heart rate as we begin to make these sounds, and it causes the relief of release, excuse me, of endorphins, as well as oxytocin, which is the trust chemical, as well as melatonin, which is found to uh, really reduce uh, depression, as well as um, it's been used in other aspects of healing, as well as the release of this fabulous molecule, a molecule to keep your eye on. It's called nitric oxide, not nitrous, but nitric oxide, and it seems to be very, very prevalent in the healing process. So these are just a few of the physiological results of making our own self-created sound, let alone the ones of, you know, um, really reaching down into ourselves, affecting our electromagnetic field, our chakras, and even our soul. So we're going to be toning awe, and that's actually tomorrow on World Sound Healing Day in Boulder, Colorado, here where we both are. This is an event that's taking place, but it's also a global sonic event with soundings happening all around the world simultaneously. Okay, the first thing that I want to say is that uh, we're going to be working with the awe sound. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit about vowels, because vowels are actually, I used to con consider them non-denominational, in other words, that they were like not associated with any particular um, spiritual religious order. Now I call them trans-denominational, which means that they are incorporated in all these different uh, traditions, and uh, the vowel sounds are considered really sacred in so many different traditions, from the Hebrew to the Tibetan, just uh, to all these different shamanic traditions, and in particular, the ah sound for many, many people is uh, associated with the heart sound. If you have somebody in Japan, for example, and they're in a state of just love and caring, they go, Ah, and you get somebody who's in Nigeria and they're in a state of love and caring and they'll go, ah, and you get somebody in Peru and they're in a state of love and caring and they'll go, ah, and it does. so in other words, it's a universal sound. And what's very, very interesting is it's also a sound that is found in so many of the different god and goddess names on the planet. And I don't think this is, you know, I'm, I've reached the point in my uh, evolutionary development where I think there are very few coincidences. So the fact that Buddha, Krishna, Yaheshua, the Hebrew name for Jesus, Yahweh, Wakantanka, they all have that ah sound. And I just gave you five or six. I could spend the next hour going through ah-sounding god and goddess names on the planet, it's that prevalent. So this ah sound is really, you know, something that um, people, you know, when they do the ah, you can really feel it in your heart. So for World Sound Healing Day, this is now the eighth such World Sound Healing Day that we've done. Okay, what sound are we going to make? Oh, should we do an ohm, or should we do a ya, or should we do this and that? And, hmm. You know, an interesting thing about the ah sound is that you can be a fundamentalist in a particular tradition, and you won't have any difficulty sounding the ah sound, because after all, ultimately, it is just a vowel sound, and vowel sounds are found in every tradition, and therefore don't have a major association with any one particular culture, tradition, or spiritual path. And at the same time, it is, you know, let's, Lauren, let's just take a nice breath and go, ah, would you do that with me? Yeah. 
Do you feel that in your heart there? Yes, it's a lightning. It's as if, if Masaru Emoto took a photograph of water that we played this awe sound to, we can feel the beautiful crystal that that would build because we can feel it in our own heart. So I wanted to say two things more with regard to World Sign Healing Day, cause, uh, and please remind me about Dr. Emoto because I want to talk about the ceremony that we're going to do in uh, Boulder in conjunction with World Sound Healing Day, but this is a little later in the day. We like to say that for World Sound Healing Day, any sound, ultimately, that you make any time during that day, if it's created with the intention of love, sort of sending a sonic valentine to the Gaia consciousness or Mother Earth, is a good sound, but once again, I'm just working to try to focus people, if possible, on making that ah at 12 noon Eastern Time, which of course uh, for us here in Boulder is uh, 10 a.m. Uh, and then on the East Coast it's 9 a.m. But trying to do this uh, at one time, and actually I'm guiding people to a uh, interactive website called templeofsacredsound.org, and it's the world's first interactive toning chamber. And in order to get there, you have to go through a couple of steps of reading these different processes, which actually, as you're reading the process of how to breathe, etc., which is very, very easy, you're creating a coherent waveform between your heart and your brain. Lauren, you probably know that our brain puts out an electromagnetic field that's quite powerful. But did you know that when we're in a state of coherence between our heart and the brain, that our brain puts out an electromagnetic field that is actually 5,000 times greater than that of the brain? So we try to have people being in a state of coherence as they make this heart sound on the Temple of Sacred Sound. And this was, of course, uh, a fairly new development on the Internet, which went up two or three years ago, and it's available 24-7, and there are actually three different toning chambers that you can go in. An Ah toning chamber, an Om toning chamber, and a U. And they all have different wonderful geometric visuals that help enhance the process of making the sound. And you can plug in a microphone and hear yourself toning along with the voices of thousands of other people throughout the planet. But the idea basically, and I'm really trying to do that this year, whether or not it's successful, uh, I don't know, is to try to get as many people as possible to be making this ah sound at 12 noon Eastern time. And that's because I just... It sort of came to me in meditation that while time and space, if you like, are really constructs of our lower three-dimensional mind, at the same time, there is a phenomena of coherence that occurs uh, having to do with our electromagnetic fields and the power of the sound so that if possible, if we can all make or many people make this asana together to really create a very powerful, coherent waveform. And yet, at the same time, we're going to be doing something in Boulder at 5 o'clock uh, Boulder time, which is, you know, very different than uh, 12 uh, noon Eastern time. And that's wonderful. So at the same time, it's a cumulative effect.
And I want to tell you that one of the things we do in Boulder, we all meet together and 100 or 200 people get together and we tone this ah sound for an hour. And in the middle of this grid of people, the circle of people, is a quartz crystal bowl filled with water. And at the end of this hour, we basically take a little scooper or whatever you call it and put little uh, paper cups that have been charged now with this ah sound. And Lauren, it is the sweetest, almost psychotropic uh, experiencing uh, substance you can imagine. This simply water that has been toned for an hour with this frequency of love. And what do you do with that? Drink it? Yeah. And what does it taste like? Uh, honey? Isn't that just fascinating? You are proving my son, he's in third grade, he's eight years old, uh -huh. he, his science project that he's doing, he is charging water. We're going to charge water with I love you, thank you, and another one with the negative. Because I've done this before, charging water, and the water tastes sweeter. Right. So I will say for your son, if I could... And this is just a thought. It's a scientist in me, okay? But because uh, tasting like honey is a subjective uh, concept. But suppose he had two plants that were the same. And he watered one plant with the water that was charged with the positive energy. And he watered the other plant for a week with the uh, water uh, that had negative energy and saw if it affected the growth of the plant. Wouldn't I have made a great uh, Mr. Science teacher? <laughs> <laughs> We always save, oh, you know, we put a few um, gallons of water in there for the people, and we always save, I don't know how much is left, but we take it and we pour it, the rest in, in a little bit of a ceremony, into Boulder Creek. And as you know, Boulder Creek goes into the Continental Divide, which then goes into both of our oceans, so we like to believe that on at least a homeopathic level, that the vibrations of this event are going into all the waters of the planet. Thank you so much for that and, and giving it back to Mother Earth and sharing it. The real message here to unite in sound on World Sound Healing Day tomorrow is you call it a sonic netscape. Which is uh, basically why I created the Temple of Sacred Sound. The basic bottom line is about 10 years ago, we were talking about my purpose, and I was really in deep meditation. I was speaking to whatever beings I work with, and I said, okay, you know, I was given as a purpose about 20 years ago to help bring awareness of, of the uses of sound and music onto the planet for healing. I said, I think I've accomplished this. I've got a number of books out, and I've got a number of CDs out, and certainly there are all these different sound organizations and people aware of sound. Have I completed what I'm supposed to do, and should I just go with my wife and take my guitar and my collection of comic books and sit on the beach of Tahiti and, you know, strum chords and have the water lap at my feet while I read uh, stories? And what I simply got back as an answer was, no, continue your work with using sound for personal healing, but begin to expand it so that you begin to incorporate planetary healing. I thought, my goodness, that's interesting. And then shortly after that, this idea of the Temple of Sacred Sound came into my psyche as well as the concept of World Sound Healing Day. Now, I'm going to for a moment just suggest to you 
that currently, for the most part, the Internet is the neural net of the planet. And it is, if you like, the global mind. I'm, I really doubt that there are too many people who would argue that. And I think that this is a wonderful phenomena, but it's really, really important that we also activate the global heart of the planet. I will never uh, forget that the scene in, I think it was Jurassic Park, when Jeff Goldblum was playing a scientist, was talking to these other scientists who have now recreated dinosaurs. He says, you people are so interested in seeing if you can do something that you don't ask if you should do something, if it's appropriate. And I think that's one of the things that the heart tells us if something is appropriate. And that, therefore, how do you activate the global heart through the Internet? I was sitting there, I said, God, this is what needs to be God, Goddess, this is what needs to be done. How can we do this? And I, I simply then basically was reminded that many different traditions, the connecting link between the mind and the heart is through sound. And indeed, in the, whether it's the Tibetan tradition or whatnot, you have three different, if you like, bodies. You have the mind, you have the body, and then you have the speech body, if you like, the speech aspect, the connecting link. So I said, okay, so therefore the idea of using the temple of sacred sound, which again, as I said, is the world's first interactive uh, toning chamber, so people can tone together throughout the planet and through that activate their global hearts. What do you think of that? It's the oneness of all of us. We are all one. We are one heart. And now let's, as a treat, listen to a little bit of music. Uh, you were saying that you have no, um, uh, you went onto my website, which is healingsounds.com, and you uh, particularly liked a uh, recording called Reiki Chants. Very powerful, yes. So I'm going to just play a little excerpt from Reiki Chants, which is uh, basically uh, called Seaki, which is, um, uh, there's, of course, a background to every recording that I do, and I have to sort of make them quick, otherwise I could take up a whole hour just talking about them. But basically, some years ago, my wife and I were at a sound and Reiki conference, and there was a fellow who was a... Uh, Reiki master from Europe, and he basically was saying that the Reiki symbols, and Reiki is, if you like, an energy medicine that works with symbols, that the Reiki symbols were actually preceded by sound, and he gave out the Reiki sounds. And I thought, and as I'm listening, an inner voice is saying, this man is a wonderful man, but he doesn't really know anything about sound. And so he's giving out these Reiki uh, chants, but he doesn't really understand how to really make them in such a level that they can really be an embodiment of sacred vibration. And this is what you're supposed to do. So I went back and I began to work on that. So this is Say Aki, and I, I will tell you, Lauren, that uh, if people want, they can put their hands together just right now. And then when this music comes on, see if they, when I say put their hands together, about six inches apart and feel the energy from them. And then as this music comes on, see if the energetics between their hands uh, becomes greater and more powerful. That was something that happened to me, and I went, wow, something's going on here. So let's just hear a little excerpt from Reiki Chance.
excerpt from Ricky Chance. Were you playing with your hands at all? Did you uh, feel the energy moving uh, apart there? I, I, I was doing that. And it was. I was kind of. I find it an interesting phenomena with no explanation other than something's going on. Something's going on. I in instantly felt the fingertips energy moving around, and then at one point it was just like expanding it. Fascinating stuff. When you're making this music, you said earlier it was like divine inspiration. The first thing I, I usually do is put a whole lot of left brain thought into creating a system. And then I uh, go into my recording studio and uh, my wife says I'm sometimes like I'm a mad scientist, but I'm a mad spiritual scientist because I'm invoking all sorts of beings and energies to work with me. And in truth, I have to tell you, I will finish a recording, and then I won't even know how I actually created it because I will be in such sort of an altered state of creating these different things and putting stuff together. And people say, well, what did you do? How did you do this? And I kind of go, uh, I, I don't remember. <laughs> but it's okay. I, I do want to say that um, from my perspective, when we work with what I call sacred sound, we're working with much more than simply a three-dimensional aspect of sound. If we simply per perceive of sound as I began talking about before as a sort of a frequency that vibrates, well, we're dealing just with three-dimensional sound. But in my uh, very first book, Healing Sounds, I came up with a formula which is frequency plus intent equals healing. And as soon as you add that aspect of intent, which is our consciousness, it brings the sound to a whole different multi-dimensional phenomena. And in that case, we can only explain some aspects of how and why it has such extraordinary effect, but we can't really know the whole thing. That at least is my belief system. Well, it's interesting. Sound goes through all dimensions. Yes, in the beginning was the word. You know, um, you know. One thing I did want to mention, just as a very interesting phenomena, there is something called the Global Coherence Project, and also something called the Global um, Consciousness Project. And with the Global Consciousness Project, they have these random number generators. They're little sort of, uh, they look like eggs, so they're called eggs. They're kind of egg-shaped uh, number generators, and they have about 60 of them throughout the planet. And what they have found, Lauren, very, very interesting is that these numbers just generate random numbers. Unless you have events of high compassion, and when you have events of high compassion, all of a sudden, the numbers become less random. And this data that they collect can then be uh, charted and graphed. And, for example, uh, you know, I'm, I'm making no claims except for the last World Sound Healing Day, which should have been a relatively sta straight line. Basically, looks like sort of Mount Everest, and then it comes back down and becomes a relatively uh, straight line. And this has been found uh, time and time again to occur during events of great compassion. And um, I, I don't know how many people have read Dan Brown's The Lost Symbol, which uh, I think is a sequel to The Da Vinci Code. That's a good read, but I particularly like the very first and the very, very last chapter, which dealt with the Noetics Project, with uh, 
example, Lynn McTaggart and her theory of the field, and mm. the whole idea that as uh, as humans we can collectively work together, create a, if you like, geometric effect that can collectively uh, influence and affect the vibrations of the planet uh, of the planet itself. And I say this simply because I think that World Sound Healing is ex- uh, day is an extremely important day. Um, on one level, I am so delighted that on a planetary level, we have gotten together so uh, in such harmony in terms of supporting, you know, the uh, the, the disaster that occurred in Haiti. But what if we could get together on a planetary level and avert these types of uh, disasters through our consciousness, through shifting and changing and bringing harmony, global harmonization to the planet. And so this is my hope, my belief, my, if you like, uh, I don't know, you know, my reason for talking to you now and your listeners is the fact that I actually know that we can do this, that we can actually assist all that is happening on the planet, and we have a choice. We have a co-creative choice working together to create a place of harmony and health. And through our, you know, global, if you like, prayers, and look, there is a reason that most prayers on this planet are spoken aloud, they're vocalized, and it's simply this. Sound amplifies and enhances our prayer. Ergo, World Sound Healing Day, where we're just doing an ah sound, visualizing and feeling love for the planet. And, you know, as you know with the work of Dr. Omoto and all this other stuff, this is real. This is real. This may be quantum physics stuff, this may be multidimensional stuff, but it's real. It's new paradigm stuff, but it's real, and it's so very, very important. And you are aligned with many of the new paradigm thinkers. You're even collaborating with Greg Braden, Tom Kenyon. You mentioned heart math and global coherence. With what you are doing with your purpose here in life and you feeling the need to step it up and continue it, to help the world become that one heart. What is your vision, then, of our future, of the new human? (laughs) And I I just want to briefly mention, and perhaps at some point we will uh, um, be able to talk about this, but in a month I have a new book coming out called The Divine Name, subtitled The Sound That Can Change the World. And it's about a discovery I made about 15 years ago of, of this universal sound that goes from the energy of the crown. It's composed of vowel sounds going from the energy of the crown down to the root and then back up to the crown. So it's going from spirit to matter back into spirit. And it also sounds strikingly like if you were to intone the, the personal name of the divine from the uh, Old Testament which, if you like, is the uh, cornerstone of the three basic uh, uh, traditions of Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. And it's a, it was an amazing discovery that I then was able to validate because it was so uh, profound and powerful. And the book is about not only the discovery, but how the uh, reader can actually learn to make the sound. And I just have to simply tell you that making the sound will change your life. 
Now, with that said, what is going to happen in the future? Well, it is just my deepest, deepest belief, thought, prayer, projection, that we will come to a place as a species where we'll work in cooperation instead of competition, where we'll work with co compassion, where we will work with each other, understanding and knowing our oneness. This is something that the ancients knew. We seem to have forgotten about uh, in this modern technological era, but I believe that we will remember again it through, for example, events such as uh, Global Sun Healing Day. When you have just a purely physiological phenomena of this oxytocin, this trust uh, chemical being released when you make sound together. Then Lauren, you know, when uh, you're making sound with people throughout the planet, all these barriers that have existed disappear and we become one. So, I mean, you know, that is my great hope. I uh, simply am very, very optimistic of these great shifting times and that they that we are simply shifting to a place of of oneness together as a people as a universe that all as the buddhists would say that all sentient beings come to enlightenment and the real secret to enlightenment is basically the heart of perfect wisdom you mentioned earlier guides and such can we go into a territory of UFOs and your interests or beliefs or thoughts of that? Many, many years ago, I was teaching a workshop in uh, the Los Angeles area called the Dolphin ET Shamanic Angelic Sound Connection. Okay? Okay. And as I, a couple of hours before I was uh, to do uh, the opening lecture, I basically was walking on, I think it was Santa Monica Beach or perhaps Venice Beach, I don't remember. But all of a sudden I started making some sounds to the ocean. And you have to understand that I'm basically a, a New York person. I'm not a Los Angeles or Hawaii person. So when I f saw the first dorsal fin break the surface uh, close to the shore, I got a little, uh, you know, scared that it might be uh, jaws or something. But I realized it was a pod of dolphins. Mm -hmm. And I immediately made, if you like, telepathic contact with them. And I began to ask them questions about all sorts of things, including what planetary system are you on, and et cetera. And they basically shot back to me that this is really important and irrelevant. What you are to talk about tonight is not what system we come from or how we relate to the extraterrestrials or the angels or whatnot. What you are to talk about is the fact that we must unite together to work together to save this planet. So doesn't it break your heart when we still hear of the dolphin killings and whale killings? My very first recording is called Dolphin Dreams, and it was the very first uh, uh, recording that was ever released that featured the sounds of uh, dolphins, and it was actually created for the birth of my son Joshua, and it's still used for a lot of uh, birthing experiences, but yes, it does. There are a lot of things. I just do my very, very best to try to... Uh, practice, you know, some aspect of uh, detachment, because there are so many things that we as a species do that sort of make me, you know, shake my head and go, hmm, and all I can hope for is that as we awaken more, 
as we awaken more to the oneness of all, as we awaken more through the energy of compassion, as we work together, that all this silliness that we do that brings harm to ourselves and our fellow creatures will stop. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. And once again, I believe that sound is a key to assisting this phenomena, that intentionalized sound. And that's why I'm doing this work. So as we end this, I simply want to say thank you so very, very much for having me on with regard to World Sound Healing Day. It's such a really, really important phenomenon. I hope that uh, we can also talk about in the not-too-distant future uh, an aspect of the divine name. Tell us about your sound healing intensive course and your seminars, including the divine name seminar. The healing sounds intensive takes place in Loveland, Colorado. Now, what more can you say about it? It's nine days of the of what I say is creating fields of light and love through sound. Uh, this is the fifteenth one that we've done. It uh, basically attracts people from throughout the world. Usually, we have uh, people from every continent except for Antarctica, and maybe someday we'll have a penguin or something from there, I don't know. But uh, it's nine days where I teach on some level some left-brain information on sound, and we experience the total brain, total body information of the effects of sound. And that's, to me, Lauren, the really major thing is when you experience the power of sound, you know it is real, and you know that your life has changed. I've gone to so many seminars of people that I really love and respect, but they feed my left brain, and they, I feel like this and that. Oh, yes, there's hope, but it dissipates. But with the sound, when you feel it vibrate, and all of a sudden you feel yourself being in contact with the higher levels of consciousness, uh, these things cannot be taken away from us. So it is... A, a training, if you like, unlike any that occurs on this planet, and it's, it's quite amazing. And we have a lot of different master teachers that assist me. Usually, for example, we have Lama Tashi, who is the uh, probably one of the great, well-known Tibetan chant masters who teaches about sound and compassion, and many, many other people who assist me. And this is just such a powerful, powerful experience. So I say to anybody who hears it, and all of a sudden they're going, wow, that sounds cool. It's like really an etheric invitation that is sent out, and those that really get the receive it on a very, very deep level come. And some of them are people who are sound masters themselves, or well-known shaman, or well-known healers, and others are people who don't know anything about sound, and yet they're drawn to come, and every Everybody somehow really resonates in such a deep, profound, powerful level. We create these interdimensional fields uh, through sound, and we learn to heal ourselves. We learn to heal others, and it's just um, it's just an extraordinary experience. So I feel honored just to be able to be there, let alone be able to facilitate it. Well, thank you for World Sound Healing Day tomorrow around the world as well as Boulder, Colorado. I want to invite the listeners to check out your website at healingsounds.com. You know, you can listen to samples of your music, beautiful stuff, but then you also said there is 
your voice and just your voice alone can help shift things. Can you give us a short exercise in the few remaining minutes on what someone can do? Say, for example, we have a stressed out part of our day. Maybe someone cuts us off in traffic or we're rushing to get somewhere. What can someone do in a few moments? Okay, let's work with the off sound. Uh, my wife, Andy, have written this wonderful book called Tantra Sound, Frequencies of Healing, and we're using uh, Tantra and actually the authentic uh, uh, meaning of it, which comes from the word tattva and mantra, which means the sacred uh, principles of sound, if you like. A lot of people don't know that. And actually, Tantra is, uh, for want of a better term, that oneness that we use, uh, that we talk about, that singularity, that interconnecting web that unites us all. And uh, one of the great exercises that we have, and, I, you know, um, at some point perhaps Andy and I will talk about the book together and the exercises, but, uh, you know, all humans at times get into disagreements. And I love my wife so dearly, and she loves me so dearly, but at the same time, at times, we'll get into a disagreement. And I remember one time we were, uh, we included this in our book, but we were you know, on our way to a party, and we got into some silly, silly argument about something. And we were both, ah, uh, you know, so we sat in the car, sort of shaking, fuming at each other. And luckily, one of us had the sense to say to the other, let's make a sound together. Now, mm -hmm. Lauren, you know, when you're ticked off the other person, the last <laughs> thing you want to do is make a, uh, you know, an ah or an ohm sound or something like that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we had actually agreed that we would do this. Uh, that's the important thing, making that sort of commitment or agreement beforehand with a, a partner or a friend or whomever. Uh, and uh, we, you know, basically we began to tone this, which is, ah, ah, and within about two or three minutes, well, we couldn't even remember what we had been uh, arguing about to begin with because we began to resonate and vibrate together. And once again, that probably that trust uh, hormone oxytocin got released and all sorts of other stuff. So I just want to suggest to all your people when, um, you know, they get cut off in traffic, you know, rather than screaming and cursing and and tensing up and sending bad energy after the person, just make an ah sound and just like try to send them love and kindness. Uh, you know, it may sound a little bit silly, but I really can guarantee it'll work. And how about as we do this right now, we just begin to make some ah sounds, and I got a little bit of a recording of an ah, and I'll, and I'll start making some ah sounds. We can just begin to breathe together and feeling that energy, you know, actually as you're breathing in and out, first begin to feel that not only is the breath coming in through your mouth and into your lungs and into your nose and into your lungs, but it's also actually going in through your chest, into your heart. continue breathing like this because as you are breathing like this you're actually beginning to create a coherency between your heart and your brain and then while you're doing this add one more element which is visualizing something that you give thanks for visualizing something that you give thanks for it could be a pet or a spouse, or an offspring, or a beautiful uh, day at the beach, or just being, uh, you know, running your feet through a mountain spring, whatever, something that you feel grateful for and appreciate.
appreciative of and give thanks for. And then just begin to sound forth with an ah sound. Okay, like, ah. And then bring up a little, Thank you so much, Jonathan Goldman of HealingSounds.com and TempleOfSacredSound.org. It's been my great pleasure. Thank you so much, Lauren. And uh, perhaps we'll see you in Boulder at World Sound Healing Day. Thank you so much. Definitely at 10 a.m. on Sunday, I'll be doing the awe sound with you. Thanks so much. Blessings of light and love to you and to everyone who's listening. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Now I'd like to leave you with music from the universe. This music is actually created by the universe. Computer musician and composer Phil Windsor assigned musical notes to mathematical equations, and this is the result. It's truly music from the universe. Available at AcousticHealth.com. Listen Enjoy, love, and be. Thank you.